The following audio is from the chapel at Fishhawk. More information about the chapel at Fishhawk is available at www.thechapelfh.org. I get a nice hot cup of coffee, and I go to the back to see how Fort Day box collections are going, and a child swings this 65-inch TV box right into my coffee, goes right down my side. I just have a red tattoo on the side of my body right now. Second, last, uh, this morning, right before that, someone says, hey, Ryan, the bulletin has the Christmas Eve announcement still in there. I said, blew that. Okay, that's just a bulletin typo because I didn't have anyone proofread it. Last night, I am going to transition my sermon from my computer to my iPad to just read it over on my iPad. And for some reason, when I went to my iPad, it said, it's a different version of the app that it was created in. Do you want to continue? I click continue anyway. All my sermon notes for today's sermon were deleted in an instant last night around 10 o'clock. This is good. So I just put the scripture on, like, Lord, I'm just going to go with the scripture and just let it ride. Before that, last night, yesterday, last evening, I, uh, I went bowling, and it was this post-Christmas, you know, in the haze between Christmas and New Year, I don't know what day it is, so I can't remember what day this is. I went bowling with my family, just my wife and my three olders, my, the baby, we left her somewhere, and, um, and we're out bowling, and we're, we get stationed in 28. Lane 28, I'll never forget this lane now. It's imprinted in my mind forever. Because on lane 28, right next to us in lane 29, was a group of very serious bowlers. They were the types that have their own shoes. They were the types that have their own bowling balls. They were the types that when the bowling ball goes down and comes back up, they've got a special towel to, to clean their bowling ball before they throw it back down. And they were also a little bit along in years. And they had bowling etiquette that I, I, knew, I know about, but my kids don't. So it starts out like this. I'm there, nice post-Christmas. You know, I just want to hang out with my family. We're bowling. And then we see these people kind of throwing up their hands, looking at us with a little bit of side eye. And then they go back, and they come back, and the manager comes and talks to us. Says, um, these people are complaining that you're bowling at the same time as them in the next lane over. And then the old man comes over promptly and says, yes, this is bowling etiquette. You do not bowl if someone is making their approach. You must wait to make your approach. And I'm like, I've been waiting. Sorry, that's my six-year-old daughter. Okay, and so then we're like, we'll try. And I was being kind at first. I was like, okay, well, I'm sorry, sir. We'll try to bowling etiquette this thing up. Well, it continued. Uh, Savannah just likes to bowl. She doesn't know the difference. And, and she would walk up and throw the ball, and then she'd twirl and dance. If she hit a pin, she'd be all happy. My kids get spares, and Silas was fist pumping, just having a good time. These people, not so much with us. Um, phase two is that they, they start looking at my kids, and when my kid goes up, they throw up their arms. And, and here's the problem. I, read, I went online and read the etiquette just to make sure we were in the wrong. And we were. The etiquette is this. When someone stands at the dots, that's their approach. And you can't start your approach until they complete their approach. The problem is I've got children who have energy and flexibility and energy. And we were next to a group of people who lacked all of those components. So this is long, drawn out. And then it kept on going on. And then they got so mad at my kids, they started saying things about my kids to one another. And then Savannah heard this group of people saying bad words about her. And so I'm sitting there, and I'm listening. And then I hear them calling my kids' names just to each other, not to my kids, but so that Savannah was here. Ooh, Daddy, they said the S word. Ooh, Daddy, they said this word. So I lose my marbles. And I, um, I'm, I have to paint the picture for you. I'm wearing, I'm wearing shorts. And I'm wearing a regular old T-shirt, none of my Christian ones, thank the Lord. 
But I'm also, to increase the intimidation factor, I'm wearing the socks that my wife got me for Christmas, which are hot pink socks, and they have pictures of her face all over these socks. Hot pink socks up to here, and I lose it, and I'm starting to fume. And my wife is like, okay, just calm down. Just calm down. In my brain, I'm like going over verses. Do not sin. My anger, do not sin. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of my mouth. But what is helpful for lifting up others according to their needs. But then my brain went to the other side, my Bible scholar side that says, but there's verses in the Bible that says, Lord, crush the bones of my enemies to dust. Smite their lives under the heel of your foot. And I'm looking over at these people, and I'm fuming. And I told Amy, I'm just going to walk away. And she goes, you're ruining this for all of us. And I'm like, look, if I don't walk away, it's going down. And I walk away, and I put my bowling shoes up, and the lady at the counter goes, like, what, just you're done? And I was like, just I'm done. And then I'm walking back in, and I see some lady chirping at my wife. And this is when I went full daddy bear mode. And I walk over in my hot pink Amy Face socks, my nondescript, non-Christian T-shirt, so they didn't know that I was a pastor here because I was sure they were going to arrive here this morning, and they weren't at the first service, so praise the Lord. Um, they're probably going to be at Twin Creeks when I go to preach there on the 12th. Um, <laughs> seriously, I don't know where they, I was terrible. I, and so I go up there, and this lady's just going at this with my wife, and I had already, my steam had been pressuring like an overcooked kombucha tea, and I got back there, and this lady's this is bowling etiquette. You need to teach your kids manners. And I just, I said, you want to talk about manners? How about manners where old people know better than to cuss at and towards and in front of six-year-old girls? Talk about manners? How about you guys mind your own thing, what you're doing? And she goes, well, who do you think caused us to cuss? And looked over at my kids. I said, Lord, I pray that they show up. And right then, I grabbed her by the back of her pants, and I threw her down the aisle. I didn't do that, but I, in my mind, I did several times, several times. And as we're leaving, this is how you know it's really good. I get angry faster. When I get angry, it, like, it affects the mood of the whole environment. But when Amy gets angry, it's like terrifying. And as we're leaving, Amy goes, you guys can do this whenever you want. You have free time. These are, these are family vacations. You can come. You leave your home whenever you want to come here. Like she meant retirement home, I'm pretty sure. And then she just walked away, and I went up there, and I complained to the manager. I said, look, I don't want anything. I'm just saying these people are terrible humans, and we're leaving our bowling game midway through because I can't stand to be next to them. And then the manager at the place, her name was Faith. Her name was Faith. Like, God, why couldn't you give me a manager that didn't remind me of you in this moment of my deep sin? Because Faith gave us $100 worth of arcade credits in the arcade. And I said, I'll see you old people later. I got arcade credits. I would not, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, even, made it through that without the Bible just pinging in my brain constantly. My vice before Jesus was anger. And I'm, an, I'm not a flighter. I'm a fighter. I'm not a passive aggressive. I'm an aggressive aggressive. So I, I was grateful that I had loaded in my mind things about God because there is this book that we have, and that's the subject of today. And if this sermon is summed up in this one thing, just, have you guys seen that Shia LaBeouf video? Do it! Never mind. Thank you. This sermon is summed up in one thing. I want you to follow this book. And be ferociously, uh, completely, passionately, fiercely committed to 
putting your life and staking your life on this book, regardless of what anyone else, anything else will say to you about what is right and what is wrong. Because this world will scream a thousand messages of instruction towards you. This world is full of warnings, and some come from culture, some come from news, some come from your parents, and some of them come from the labels that are all around us. So as we're transitioning, I just want us to, I want you to look. I went and I was like, Lord, I want to find some, some funky and fun labels about life. And this is, this is what I found. Literally, you guys, you can't make these things up. Here's labels of things that, that I did not know. I'm 38 years old. I just learned this this week. Did you know that Q-tips are not supposed to be inserted into your ear canal? Did you guys know that? I did not know that. Um, I, I've got a bunch of kids. Now, keep in mind, these labels are written because somebody did this, okay? There's an incorrect and a correct way to check a baby's diaper. Do you realize this exists on a diaper box? Because somebody was like, your diapers don't work. I keep getting doo-doo on my hands. And they said on the customer service line at Huggies, well, tell us about your experience. Well, I go to check by putting my hand on the back of their diaper, and then I, I don't know. Here's an allergy warning. Did you know that eggs contain egg? I, um... It's a special type of person. I'm deathly allergic to eggs. Do eggs have egg in them? Yes, eggs, plural, have egg singular in them. Here's one for the Floridians. And if you're a non-Floridian, I've seen these actual signs. And the first time I saw it, I thought exactly what you're about to think right now. <laughs> I've seen this sign. Go to Alderman's Ford Park. Go down Alligator Alley in 41. This sign exists. And I know what you're thinking. It's because you're not from here. They just mean don't mess with them. They're not thinking what we're thinking. Here's some more instruction for the very. The lifeguard had to save me. Why? I tried breathing underwater. You're not Aquaman. You're Aqua Dumb. Here's one. I love this one. Just, just think about this for a second. Think about this. You got it? If you don't get it yet, we'll give you time. I know that Christmas has been long. Touching wires causes instant death, and you'll have a $200 fine when you're dead. Okay. Now, this is the last one I'm going to show you. This one is crazy to me because this means somebody did this, okay? Yeah, I could see how it happens. It's some kid watching America's Got Talent, and he sees the sword one, and he goes, I'm going to try that with a wire hanger. So now dry cleaners across the country will occasionally put this on there, perhaps. Do not swallow. I mean, somebody did that. That does, I don't know. I hope that's fake. I hope for America's future that that's fake. You guys, we're about to start reading this book this year. Some of you are going to do your resolutions. In this book, we'll have warnings and instructions. In this book, there will be stories. This book, though, is not like other books that you read. It's not a Twilight Saga. It's, it's not Harry Potter. It's a book that is made up of 66 little pieces of different literature. There's poems. There's other people's mail. There's narratives. There's songs. There's prophecy. There's a bunch of grumpy guys in the middle of it screaming that people are going to get killed by God. This is a wild book to read. But if we don't make our lives about this book, we're going to be lacking some things. I'm going to read a lot of scripture today, but some will be up and some won't. 
Here's Psalm 19. I just want you to think about the instruction of the Lord and think of the benefits that God is saying come with these instructions. The instruction of the Lord is perfect. Renewing one's life. Does your life feel old and unrenewed? If you want to renew your life, have the instruction of the Lord come upon you. Bring it into your mind. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. If you want wisdom, put your life in eyes and heart on the testimony of the Lord. The precepts of the Lord, verse 8, are right, making the heart glad. If you want gladness and joy in your heart, give yourself to the precepts of the Lord, the truths, the commandments of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. They are more desirable than gold, than an abundance of pure gold, and sweeter than honey, dripping from a honeycomb. In addition, your servant is warned by them, and in keeping them, there is an abundant reward. This book... This book, it's not, a, it's not primarily advice. It's not primarily instruction about how to be a moral person. This book is primarily the story of God's relentless pursuit of you and I, of his people. But along the way, there's instruction. In the church, we call this sin. But I need you to hear this today. The instruction of God is not because God was arbitrarily sitting up there saying, I just don't like this. I just don't, don't care for this type of action, this sexuality, this particular thing. So I'm going to create this sin list. When God says something is a sin, it's because it's like swallowing a hanger. God doesn't say, ah, just don't have adultery because it's a rule that I made up. It's a, because I said so. No, God said so because it, it's swallowing a hanger. It's not supposed to be done. It will wreck your life. It will break you. So as we press in, I need you to, to commit in your mind for the, just for this service to say, Lord, help me to have a new view of your word today. Because as I was writing this sermon out and thinking about it, something came to my heart, and it's, it's this. It's, um, I don't want to care what the culture says and instructs me on what is good and what will give me happiness because the culture pendulum will swing. They'll say, this is okay, this is morally pure, this will give you happiness if you achieve these things, but the Bible does not change. It has stayed right where it's at for thousands and thousands of years. But culture will shift, and it will change morality, it will change instruction, the Bible will, will stick. Now, there are people who change it, we're going to get to that later, because I, I want us to read this story, and just to think about this. There's a very interesting story in 1 Kings chapter 13. There's a prophet and a man of God, an old prophet and a man of God. And this, this man of God receives a message from God. It says, don't go in and eat and drink with this other person. Don't do it. God spoke to him, but he didn't listen to God. He listened to another prophet. And I'm just going to read it to you really quickly. It's 1 Kings 13, verse 15 to 24. Then he said to him, come with me and eat some food. This is the old prophet talking to the man of God. The man of God answered, I cannot go back with you or accompany you. I will not eat food or drink water with you in this place. For a message came to me by the word of the Lord. You must not eat food or drink water there or go back by the way you came. So God spoke to this man of God and said, do not do this. And listen, look at what this other guy says, this old prophet. And he said to him, I am also a prophet like you. An angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord. He said, bring him back with you to your house so that he may eat food and drink water. The old prophet deceived him. And the man of God went back with him and ate food in his house and drank water. This guy heard from God. 
Now, we have the Bible. They didn't have Bibles for most of Christian history up until about uh, the 1,400 years past the time of Jesus' death and resurrection. 1,500 years till it was widespread and then put into the English versions. They didn't have these to read, but, but God would speak to people as they gathered around and read them publicly around campfires and houses and living rooms on the holidays to remember what Jesus had done. And this guy heard a message from God. We have so much access to God. And I put on my shelf last night in my office a ton of my Bibles that I have. I said, I'm just going to put these up here, kind of change my bookshelves around, make room in the shelving parts. So I'm like, I'll use my old Bibles as decoration. And I literally have a stack of Bibles. It's about eight, eight inches or so high. And they are a bookend for a big old wide breadth of Bibles that are going over to here. And I've got every, I've got English Bibles, all the translations. I have a Hawaiian pigeon Bible. I have a German Bible. I've got my old Bibles from when I was a teenager, when I just came to the Lord. And they're all just stacked up. And I, I thought last night, I've got all this word of the Lord. And I've read the Bible, I don't know how many times. How many times am I understanding that when I read the word of God, that when we read the word of God, we are reading God's words? And, and just so we're clear, and I'm going to have to do like some seminar on, seminar on this at some point, where we talk about how the Bible is put together and the history of it. The Bible is interesting. It's called the Word of God, just like Jesus is called the Word of God. Jesus is 100% human and 100% divinity, divine, God. He's the God-man. It's interesting because some people, some Christians treat this like it just fell out of the sky, like golden tablets. But that's not the way that God orchestrated this. It's over, it's over 2,000 years, written by over 40 different authors. And it's very human and it's very God. And that might make some of you uncomfortable, but it's the truth of how the Bible was compiled. God intended to, and for me it makes it more beautiful, through humans, through our weaknesses, to inspire, to guide, and to collect these things so that now we have copies of this sitting around our house that are eternal words that will never fade. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord will stand forever. And we just don't listen to it. This prophet heard from the Lord, but then another prophet came up and said, I also heard from the Lord. And he said, you can come eat and drink. You want to see what happened to him? After he had eaten the food, <laughs> this is so crazy. After he had eaten the food and after he had drunk the water, verse 23, the old prophet saddled the donkey for the prophet, uh, for the prophet he had brought back, for the young man of God. When he left, a lion attacked him along the way and killed him. These are like straight, this is a man heard from the Lord, disobeyed the Lord, God sent the lion to eat him. Now, I don't think a lion's going to eat you. It could happen, though. We got those Florida panther things. I've never seen them. But my question is this. Are you listening to the word of God, or are you listening to the voices of a bunch of other people? Because here's the true reality of it. I am not God, a thousand other pastors and teachers and counselors and guidance people and coaches and mentors, they are not God. There is only one word of God. And unless you know the word of God, and maybe you're not a reader, I don't care, listen to it. There's free audio Bibles on this thing. They can read it to you. Well, I don't have time, but you have time for Netflix and Disney Plus and Hulu. You got time to, to figure out, Lord, what's the best way to get the Bible in my brain? Because some of us are visual learners. Some of us are auditory learners. Some of us are like, I can't do it unless I have other people with me. Good. Get a friend and just read the word around a fire pit. Whatever. And, and here's why it's important. Because people can twist this book to make it say whatever they want it to say. And if you don't believe me, I could do it. 
I've been doing this long enough. If you want me to find an excuse for you, I will show you a good scripture to twist so that you can live any moral way that you want. It's a big book with a lot of confusing words, and I could just start using Greek and Hebrew, and you'd be like, that sounds smart and intelligent. And that's what happens all the time. And the Bible even tells us that this will happen. In, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul says this to his young protege, For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according, but according to their own desires, they will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. It's okay. You can do whatever you want. You can believe in this God who does this. I don't believe in your God. Your, that's your God. My God would never do that. My loving God would never send people to hell. That's what people have told me. How can you believe in hell? My, my God's a God of love. He would never send people to hell. And I used to try to, like, argue these people. Now I just say, you know what? Um, that's fine. Your God can do whatever you think your God can do. I'm not making up my God. My God says things and does things that are uncomfortable to me. Guess what? He's God. I'm not God. I read that this guy disobeyed God and got eaten by a lion. Does that make me uncomfortable? Absolutely. But I believe that this is what God was doing then. I'm not going to try to change so that people have a higher opinion. There will be churches. There will be pastors and preachers. There will be prophets like this guy here who speak on behalf of God but are telling you the farthest thing from God's word for you. I need you to, to commit to saying, Lord, I, I want to I know your word for you. When I was in the bowling alley and I was losing my marbles, when my kombucha lid was bursting over, I was just in my brain just like saying Bible, Bible, Bible. Because Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Lord, I've hid your, hid your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So I, I stuff God's word in here so when a situation comes up, I'm equipped. I'm saying, oh, yeah, don't let, don't let my anger consume me. Do not sin in my anger. Do not let words come out of my mouth that are not wholesome and uplifting. There's Bible in me, and I pray that you would get Bible in you. This is the whole sermon. I just want you to do it. There's this other story that I love in 1 Kings 22, a few pages over from the, that story. There's, this, a, a, there's two kings, a king of Israel and a king of Judah. And they're going to go up to war. And they, they have 400 prophets, it says. 400 prophets that are telling them, go to war and you're going to win. 400 men of God saying, this is what God says. You go to war, you're going to win. I love this. And Jehoshaphat says, isn't there a prophet of the Lord here anymore? Is there another prophet? These 400 guys said we're going to win. Is there another guy? And listen to what the king of Israel says to Jehoshaphat. The king of Israel says, there is still one man who can inquire of the Lord. There's one more prophet other than these 400, but I hate him because he never prophesies good about me, but only disaster. He is Micaiah, the son of Imlah. The king shouldn't say that, Jehoshaphat replied. So the king called and said, hurry, get Micaiah, the son of Imlah. This king did not like him. Why? Because he told him something he didn't want to hear over and over and over again. And this story is great because 400 men said, if you go to war, you are going to have victory. And the king said, Micaiah, you, you hear from the Lord. What do you hear? And initially, Micaiah says, go up and, and the Lord will hand it over to the king. Yeah, go do it. You'll get it. Fine. Go ahead. The 400 guys said it. Go ahead. And the king says this to him. How many times must I make you swear to not tell me anything but the truth in the name of the Lord? And then Micaiah replies, fine. 
I saw Israel scattered on the hills like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, they have no master. Let everyone return home in peace. And the king, they go, they all go on and on back and forth. And then the, basically Micaiah says, you're all going to die. You either run and live or you go to war and die. Here's why I like this story. Micaiah. Is this why you named your kid Micaiah, by the way, on this story? Oh. Micaiah in this story is Micaiah and their family. Doesn't give a rip what people think. <laughs> a rip. Um, for if, if 400 people told you, this is the way to go, this is the thing to do, this is the version of Christianity that's acceptable, so you can do it because we're all doing it. Micaiah here, at first he's like, yeah, they're saying I'm it. And then he goes, no, don't let, you're going to die. Don't go. I'm going to tell you another prophecy. It's not good. Do you, do I have the courage, have the fortitude, have the knowledge of this word to stand up to 400 other people of God? Because there will be churches who will say things that disagree with the Bible. There will be pastors and authors who will write things that disagree with the Bible. There was a big movement of people trying to just say hell can't be real. And every time I read the Bible, look, I don't want hell to be real. I love people that don't know Jesus. And according to the Bible, those people are apart from Jesus if they die right now. I, in my heart, in my flesh, I'm like, how, Lord, this is so painful. It's so, it's so tragic and devastating. But I'm a dumb human. And I, I read the Bible, and I, I know pastors who are like, well, if you read this, this one, you twist this in the Greek, and you pull this verse out here, and you forget this whole other section of the Bible, then hell doesn't exist. Every time I read the Bible, I'm like, I can't escape it. Like, this is it. It's in here. Things about sexuality or greed. Like, uh, we always talk about sexuality as the main sins. What about greed? It's okay. Like, Christians, like, yeah, you, Lord, God wants you to be, have this and be wealthy and prosperous and healthy. God, God's got a plan for you to get the perfect job for you. He would never leave you homeless or anything like that. Think about Jesus where he was in his 20, late 20s to 30s. He didn't have a house. He walked around with basically doing a temp job. He went to one synagogue and spoke and went to another synagogue and spoke. He's basically like a millennial nowadays in their 30s, if you think about it. Just jobless, needing help, except he was the creator of the universe. It's a big difference. And he was doing exactly what God told him to do. And it didn't matter. He didn't care what the religious people were saying. The religious people said, this is how it's to be done. This is how our religion works. And Jesus said, I am all that you think you know about religion. I am the embodiment of your creator. I'm here in the flesh. I'm standing before you. I spoke you into existence. If I stop thinking your heart to beat, your heart stops beating. And you're disagreeing with me? You're trying to correct me? Jesus lived this way. And we have this word, and my fear is, is that we don't know it enough because we're so used to Bible relating. We're used to finding a verse on a coffee cup and saying, this is it. This is my life verse. I'm going to live by this, and I'm going to believe what I want. I'm going to shape God in my image. Let me tell you what, if you read this book and you're never made uncomfortable, you haven't read far enough because it's terrifying. The sixth chapter of this book terrified me. The sixth chapter, you're like, what chapter is that? That's the chapter where God kills everyone on the planet except for one guy and his family in a boat. Now, I don't care what your, well, maybe that's not a literal blah, 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 blah. I don't care what your thing is if you think it's literal, not literal, happened, didn't happen, local flood, global flood. I know there's these Christian arguments. It's in the Bible. God said, you know what story I want to teach my people? That wickedness cannot be tolerated by me. That when people swallow hangers, I let them choke to death on those hangers. 
Seriously, that's what sin is. It's not, now I'm going to punish you because you broke my arbitrary rule. God says, I created humans this way. You chose this way. And if you keep choosing it, God says, fine, go. But I don't want you to go. I don't want you to swallow that. I don't want you to live this way. It will break the fabric of your life. But time and time again, we do because we're not in this. We're not pouring over it. We're not getting this from our head, which has a ton of Bible knowledge. Everyone in here knows more than every person that I shared the gospel with on any missions trip I went on in a a third world country, like vastly. People are starving for pages, just pages of the Bible. We know so much here in our head, but it doesn't migrate to our hearts and change what we desire because we still want the car or the house or this or that. And here's the deal. like, You can find an argument in the Bible. Oh, yeah, it's okay. God wants you to be this or that, or it's okay. You can go ahead and like buy this thing and live in luxury in this way. I'm like, fine, you can. If God's speaking to you through his word that way, but I read the Bible and I'm like, I just can't, Lord. I can't. I can't just keep accepting things because other Christians accept them. I will be a Micaiah. I don't care what other pastors are saying and doing. I don't care if the whole world says, well, this sin is no longer going to be talked about in churches. I don't care if the whole world of churches says hell's not going to be real anymore because God's a God of just fluffy pie-in-the-sky love. I want to be so in this word that when people say something dumb, I can just look at them and say, that's dumb. I don't care what you think. Will you stand up and be one of the four, one of 400? Will you stand for what's true and good and pure? And the only reason I'm, I'm saying this is because 2020 is coming up and it's hard. I get it. Here's the thing. I'm an introvert and I'm a nerd. So you give me a book and I'm in love with it. If you give me a book, an empty house, and a bunch of tacos, I'm the best day of my life. I want no one around. No offense to my roommates that are here right now. Yesterday I was... I lost so much of my sanity. Yesterday, I literally went fishing with my brother. I was like, I told Amy, I got to get out of the house. I brought my fishing pole. I went down to Apollo Beach, and it was low tide. I didn't even fish. For over an hour, I carried my fishing pole, and I was wading in water about up to here, and I just literally walked through mangroves where no human was around. It was me, blue herons. I caught a horseshoe crab with my hands and little crabs, and I just got lost. I left my brother, and I just walked, literally walked around these mangroves, didn't cast just walking. I was like, Lord, there's so much going on in my life right now. I can't even, I can't even hear my own thoughts. I can't focus on anything. And I was complaining to God. God, it's, life is so hard. Come on, why did the basketball hoop break right after I fixed it? All these things are breaking at my house. My kids are breaking glasses. My nephews are breaking glasses. I'm breaking glasses. I stepped on things. I broke things. Like everything's just like chaos. It's always noisy in my house. And then God is like, you sure are talking a lot about yourself. Okay, Lord, what do you want me to think about? All that I've done for you? Okay, Lord. So where do I start? Same place every week. Jesus left heaven to come and save me. Oh, Ryan, you're so sad. Your kids are disobeying you. You're so grumpy that your son is talking back to you. You've never done that to me, have you, Ryan, oh, wise, virtuous one? (laughs) Have you treasured up this word in your heart so that it changes you? Have you taken it in and been shown the way that you can go 
Christmas Eve after the services, went home and my brother-in-law and nephews were helping me set up a trampoline in the dark. And we got those uh, headlamps that when people look at you with the headlamp on, it blinds you. Okay? So we're in the dark, in the grass. They don't give you bonus hardware. So anytime you drop a screw, let me get your light down here because we're only two lights and like five of us walking around. There's little lantern things that dig, dig our lane of light. So you're telling people, but to look over here, look over here, look over here. I got to screw this in, look over here. I'm just looking all around. And I thought, this is such an illustration. Like the, the Bible literally says, your word is a lamp, a lamp for my feet to light my path. How many of us are walking without a lamp? How many of us are trying to build our lives in the middle of the darkness of this world, and the only lamp we have is one verse? That's all I need. I just need one verse. That God has a promise. He's got a hope. He's got a purpose for me. Do you know what that purpose is for you? Because it's going to be different. God's going to speak to us in different ways through different passages. The word of the Lord is living and effective and sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates and separates your soul and spirit. It judges the thoughts and intentions of our heart. So here's all I want to say. Read the Bible this year and then do something about it. That's the biggest thing. Do something. Like, don't just get more brain knowledge. Get the Bible from your head to your heart to your hands. And if you're not a reader, don't, don't worry. I'm not, uh, I'm not convinced that everyone's going to be like me and be like, oh, let's go get nerded up all by ourselves. Some of you want that desperately. But get the audio Bible. If you don't know how to read your Bible, please, please, if you've never read the Bible, go on the website right now. The little news bar at the bottom, it says Introduction to Bible, and there's a link to the Bible Project, guys. If I could take one resource from today and transplant it back to when I first started ministry, it'd be all the stuff that the Bible Project guys produce because it is brilliant, and it's short videos that are animated. Anyone can watch it. My, my 11-year-old watches them and loves them. And there's a big book out there in the in the foyer you can look at. It has samples of their drawings, but they have so many videos. And the course I put on Facebook and on the website today, it's how to read the Bible. And it's about, I don't know, eight videos, five to ten minutes each. And it teaches you how to read the Bible in ways that, as a person that went to seminary, still blew my mind. It's an incredible thing. Whatever it takes for you to get this word in you and then do it. Because God says in Amos 5, I hate, I despise your feasts. I can't stand the stench of your solemn assemblies. Even if you offer me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. I have no regard for your fellowship or your fattened calves. Take away from me the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music, but let justice flow like water and righteousness like an unfailing stream. James 1 says, be doers of the word and not simply hearers. So here's what you do. You take this. You read it, and then you go do it. What do I do? Well, read it and then do it. I, I, just started, I just started flipping through passages. I'm like, okay, what would I do, Lord, if I was just going to do this? And I started flipping through. Well, we're doing a bunch of the chapel. Right now there's people making sandwiches. In a couple minutes they're going to caravan downtown and feed the poor because guess what the Bible says? Feed the poor. Some of us are fostering people, and you're like, well, I can't foster people because my house is too small, my this is too that. Here's the deal. Your house is bigger than every person that ever fostered a kid in the Bible, which is tons. And we have more material wealth than all, almost all the people we read about in the New Testament. There's a few rich people, but most of them were much poorer than we are today. Two changes of clothes meant you were well off. How many, do any of you guys have only two changes of clothes? I, most of us have two cars at least, cars. I, I'm like, my house is so crowded. I've got literally 
my house is so big, I have a whole side of my room where I can escape. Like just my bedroom. My bedroom's like the, almost like three quarters of the stage. And I'm like, my house is too small. Oh, I, can't, I, don't like, I don't like kids. I don't, the poor, they scare me. Imagine if we just read the Bible and did it. Care for the widows. Come with me if you want to care for the widows. The January 12th, 6 o'clock, services where Chapel is doing the service at the Twin Creek Retirement Home where I'm going to run into my bowling buddies probably. Well, I just don't know. Like, what do you mean? Like, I have to actually do things for Jesus? Yeah, that or get eaten by lions. Your choice. Don't swallow the hanger. This, this Christian thing is very simple. Christians have made it complicated by creating our own subculture. As long as we look like everyone else and fit in, then we think we're okay. We're not. The Christian culture in our community is running away into the same patterns that religious people have always done. Judgment, creating their own rules, making their own hierarchy of sin, all the while God's saying, just read this and do it. Throw a banquet for people. I read that one. I was thinking about what can we just do that the Bible says to do? Jesus says throw a banquet for people that can't repay you. The poor, the people who are in need, the people who struggle. Throw a banquet for people, for people that have nothing to give you in return. And I thought, that'd be really cool. I said, I'll get Bree and my wife. They have the spiritual gift of shopping. And just send them out with some of the ladies. Like, go find ladies and say, we want to take you shopping. And pull up money. And just take these people, these ladies shopping and buy them a beautiful dress. And the guys take them shopping. Get polo shirt. Get their hair all lined up. And just throw a banquet for people who can give nothing back. They can't bring a bottle of wine. They don't bring a gift. They can't bring anything to the potluck because they don't have an oven. And you just throw a party for them because the Bible says that's a good idea. Why do we do that? Some of you are like, yeah, I'm down. Do it. There's a building. You need a key? I'll give you a key. Well, why don't you do it? I will. Well, do we just do everything the Bible says? Yes. You just do it. Sometimes God will speak to you. Do this part. Okay, I'll do that part, Lord. Sometimes God will speak to you. Stop sinning in this way. Okay, I'll stop sinning that way, Lord. But unless you're in here, unless you're making your life about this, and I know what some of you are going to say. I've tried it. I've read it. I've done this. I just can't. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help me. All I can say to you is try again. I know that it's a hard book, but press in. If you don't know where to start, start with those videos. If you're like, I can't read, I'll, I'll read it to you. If you text me and say, Ryan, I cannot read, can you come read it to me? I will come to your house and read the Bible to you. It might be creepy. You know, if I'm at your bed side, you know, your spouse is there, and I'm like, on that day a fountain will be opened for the house of David, for the residents of Jerusalem, to wash away sin and impurity. I, I you guys, this is my only job. This whole sermon today is, you guys, read the Bible, get in your heart, let it go out your hands. Head, heart, hands. What you believe, what you, what you feel, what you do. Just do it. That's this whole sermon, just me ranting about this. If we all did that, this sermon doesn't have to exist next year. If next year you're like, we're just doing all the things, and you read it, and you're like, yeah, feed the homeless. I don't have to wait for fifth Sunday. I'll go do it. Oh, do or care for orphans. Yeah, I, I know orphans. I'll go do it. Greet people. Love people. This morning I saw two of the brothers. I think you both yeah, greeted each other with a kiss. And one of the brothers says, the Bible says to greet each other with a holy kiss. And I thought, that's a little too far. 
But the Bible says it. You should. I'll greet my wife with a holy kiss. No, none of other of you men can do that. Just heads up. I'll greet you with a holy fist. The Bible says protect my wife. Yeah. Um, so, so can we? Can we take this word and light the path? Can we take this word and hide it in our heart? That's the memory verse and the little tear out of your bulletin. Psalm 119.11. Oh, I can't memorize anything. I hear people say, I heard you spout statistics. I don't have time to read my Bible. <laughs> I heard the funniest thing between services. People say, I don't have time to read my Bible. It was really interesting because we all had Netflix and Hulu, and we didn't have time to read our Bible. And then Disney Plus came out, and a bunch of us found time for it. We found time for Disney Plus. And here's the thing. I'm not trying to guilt you into it. If you don't want to read your Bible, then pray, God, I need a heart change. I need a heart transplant. The only way that I've ever been able to bear through that, though, is when I say, Lord, I don't want to right now, but I'm going to put my brain in front of this to see if you change it. And by the grace of God, he does. And if that doesn't sometimes spark it, I say, Lord, I'm going to put my brain in my face. I'm going to look death in the eye. I sit in cemeteries until I feel the urgency to know eternal words, not temporary words, to know eternal laws, not stupid temporal fleeting laws, to know God's word, not the word of humans. And then to ask for the bravery and courage to say, I'll stand even if everyone else sits. I'll preach even if everyone else quits. I won't give up because God never gave up on me. And then how much more powerful are all those verses? Because if you have God's word in you, what can stand against you? If you're equipped with the eternal words that never perish, never fade away, what in the world could anyone threaten you with? That's just where I'm at today, fam. So, moral of today's story, don't go bowling at the alley. Read your Bible a lot. Do what it says. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. Simple stuff. Let's just charge it. Let's press back hell and bring pockets of heaven on this city as we become Bible-saturated, Bible-obsessed people. If you don't know where to start, please, please, please reach out. Please say, I don't know where to start. Please say, I don't have a Bible. I don't know which one to read. I bought a brand new Bible. I'm reading a new translation this year, Christian Standard Bible, because I wanted to try something else. It's a little bit easier to understand for most people. It smells amazing. It's wrapped in goat skin, you guys. I used to buy cheap Bibles because I thought people that buy expensive Bibles, what a bunch of, like, pretentious Christians. But then I found out that when I spend a bunch of money on a Bible, I'm, like, terrified to lose it because I'm so broke the other nine months out of the year. So, like, buy a Bible that won't fall apart because my Bibles all fall apart, so I started buying leather ones, like real leather ones because they don't fall apart. And just put yourself in this, whatever it takes. Let's pray. God, this sermon is just such a rant. I pray that one person at least, Lord, I pray that one person got gripped. Maybe two, Lord, maybe more. Help us to love this word, not because of the pages or the binding or the wrapping, but because it, it's the, the words that were inspired by you through fallen people. It's words that you printed and wanted to have in our hearts forever. Lord, help us to fall in love with this so that we can know you more and live for you every day. I love you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.